Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes, and I am very excited to welcome our guest today. This is Eddie Campa, and he is a former guest from my first season doing podcasting, and I'm very excited to have him back. He is the founder and CEO of the AB Strategic Security Group out of El Paso, Texas, and he's recently released a book entitled Unmasked Leadership, What They Don't Tell You. Eddie, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. What would you like the audience to know about your security group company, as well as the book that you've just released? Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure to be on the show again. Thanks for having us on. And yeah, AB Strategic Security Group. We're out of El Paso, Texas, but we're a national-wide company. We, uh, we have, we're divided into three divisions. We have our security division. We provide uh, armed and unarmed security officers. We are, provide uh, bodyguard services. We do installation of alarms, cameras, uh, security consulting, threat assessments. Our second division is our executive search and recruitment. You know, we're uh, jumped in there. You know, I, I had twenty. I have twenty-seven years of law enforcement experience. Fourteen of those at an executive level, serving as a chief and a state director. So now, uh, helping cities and organizations, uh, counties. Uh, find the right executive to lead their agency. So, you know, we just, we're excited. We're doing the St. Paul, Minnesota police chief search right now. So we're excited about that. And then uh, we also do marketing and recruiting for um, municipalities. we got three police departments that we're running their marketing for. We also do a lot of corporate stuff. You know, we've got uh, a lot of private uh, companies that we're doing the recruiting and marketing for, as well as the executive search for and providing security. Thanks for plugging the book, Unmasking Leadership. I appreciate that. Uh, you can get that on Amazon or you can get that at my website at jesuseddicampa.com. And that's what we've been up to since season one. You are a busy boy, that's for sure. You've been doing a lot. It's been busy. Yes, sir. That's great. Well, congratulations on all Thank your you. success. And I'm excited to hear your responses to our questions. So let's go ahead and jump right to it with those. Let's do it. Our first question, Eddie, share with the audience a time when you had a conflict with a, uh, either a subordinate or a coworker and how you resolved it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, communication, open communication. When I was chief of police in, in the city of Marshall, Texas, I had a lot of conflict. I was the first Hispanic minority police chief to take over that organization. Um, and uh, it was a very, the community, the, the organization was very racially motivated and, and I was the first minority. So uh, as chief, we had a lot of conflict with moving forward. I was hired to change the culture, move the agency into 21st century policing. And a lot of the officers did not want to go that way. You know, they, we've always done it this way. Uh, policing doesn't need to change. We still need to do it the John Wayne style. So, you know, coming up with a plan, writing up a strategic plan, uh, coming up with a vision and goals and sitting down with everybody and communicating and, and, and saying, you know, look, give me the opportunity to show you how this can work. You know, trust me on this. But in order for them to trust me, I had to lead by example. I had to stay up, step up front and do exactly what I was asking them to do. And little by little, you know, they all started coming along. Uh, so that was probably the roughest uh, conflict I ever had to deal with, uh, considering that, you know, and, and I don't like making this about race or anything like that, but technically I had a, a department that was 98% uh, Caucasian, one Hispanic, one African-American, and, and one person that refused to identify. <laughs> so I didn't know. Uh, so, you know, when you're trying to change a culture and you're coming in as an outsider, it's a little difficult, but uh, through communication, sitting down, writing the strategic plan, the steps as to where we were, uh, where we're at, and how we're going to get to the future, 
uh, really helped out a lot. That's a really good example. And, and you're right. There was, even though we don't want to make it about race, race is certainly part of what we've experienced the last few years, especially in, uh, in some conflict in the workplace. And it definitely deserves attention to make sure that we're having that open communication that you just talked about and having that plan, not just kind of winging it, because that's usually how people get themselves into trouble, but um, really having that strategic plan. I love that response. Thank you. Question number two. Eddie, I'm sure that you've heard the phrase that people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. What's one strategy that you would suggest to help leaders retain talent a little bit longer? You know, that, that's that's funny because it's, it's getting so complex right now. Uh, you know, being a small business owner and, and trying to move forward, you know, um, I feel very confident that we have a very good leadership platform in, in our organization, um, especially the fact that we, I guess I'm tooting my own horn here, but you know the, the my my managers out on the field and stuff, I, I have been trained by me, and they know what I expect. And we're still having people leaving, and a lot of times people are actually telling us it's not we're not leaving because we're unhappy. We're just leaving because this is not our cup of tea, and you know we can, you know, like for instance on the security side, it's like you're paying me X amount. You know, let's just use a generic. You know, you're paying me twenty dollars an hour. Let's just say that. You're paying me twenty dollars an hour to sit out here in the elements, the heat, the cold, work at night, yada yada yada. When I could be making twenty-two dollars um, doing uh, drive-through at McDonald's, virtual drive-through at McDonald's from my house, making twenty-two dollars an hour. Hmm. And it's like, wow. So right now you're seeing this pivot that that it's it's not people leaving because of bad managers. That might have been the case 10, 15 years ago. And you're right. And what would we do then is that's when you have to become a mentor, a coach, and the leader of the organizations. You know, I always preach this as the CEO, it's my job to prepare the future leaders and prepare my successor. So if if if, if the leader doesn't know what he's doing and, and isn't doing that, well, then you're always going to have people leaving. And regardless of what you pay them, they're not going to stay. So it's that's when the, the leader of the organization has to make that tough decision of sometimes either letting... Uh, management go before you lose all your good employees or retraining everybody. You know. Great comments. And yeah, the landscape is definitely changing, but I love what you said about the role of a CEO or any leader really is to help prepare future leaders. And I, I love that, uh, that concept of helping to develop your employees to become leaders themselves. I think that's a great way to look at it. All right. Question number three, what's one idea that you have for teams to help build resilience within the team? Open communication. It goes, it goes back to that. You know, it goes up to open communication, training, uh, making sure everybody's on the same page. Um, you know, because in the society we live in today, things are, it, it's a very volatile work environment we're working in. Things are changing constantly. You know, we, we have inflation costs. I mean, everything's just, out of whack. And if, if you don't have that open communication and it's funny, you know, and, and here's the thing, you know, I had to build resilience as a, as a law enforcement officer, the hard way I had to learn it, how to do that on my own because I never had that mentor. So that's why it goes down to having that CEO always coming down and mentoring their people as to how they want them to, to proceed, how to deal through the stressful situations, how to deal through, you know, bad customer interactions or stuff like that. And if you don't have that open communication, I mean, and it's, 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 I hate, it's funny to say that, but if you don't have open communication, you're really going to fail. And communication, you know, back, you know, we talk about leadership strategies. You know, I, I like, I always tell people, and I, I talk about it in my book, you know, I'm a situational leader. 
every every situation calls for a different approach and you have to know how to be able to adapt to that approach and when it comes to resilience human beings are one of the least most adaptable creatures on god's green earth that's why there's always this comment that people say well you know cockroaches are going to be around after the nuclear bomb hits because they know how to adapt you know rats know how to adapt they can swim they can they can eat I mean, they can eat metal as food, as it's just, it's just weird, but humans um, have a tendency not to be able to adapt. So if you don't have your CEO or your team leader, you know, because the CEO is busy sometimes and it comes down to the people he delegates his authority to. And if those people aren't uh, communicating and making sure and following up, then that resiliency is going to break down. If, if that makes, I hope that makes sense. Oh, it does. Yeah. And I love it. I love any any emphasis on communication, because ultimately, that really is what's going to solve a lot of the problems and help that resilience If people feel like they have a place that they can talk, air out concerns, all of those kinds of things contribute to building up resilience in that team and being able to be able to handle unexpected things, be able to adapt like you talked about, and so forth. Great response. All right. Question number four, is there someone that you'd like to recognize that's made a difference in your life? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's funny um, that you say that because everything, and, and here I go, every time I talk about this man, I start getting teary-eyed and I start crying like a little girl. Uh, <laughs> and I shouldn't say little girl, I should say like a little baby instead. Um, but uh, so, you know, I spent 27 years in law enforcement. I grew up, a sing, I grew up in a single parent uh, family household. Never really had a mentor, didn't understand the difference between a mentor and somebody you looked up to and a hero and things like that. You know, I, I had people I, I looked at as a hero and really because they, they presented themselves as one, one aspect, but they were really something else. And I was like, well, I don't want to be that. But, you know, th this individual who actually convinced me to start the security company to formulate it as an LLC has been in my life for about 23 years. Uh, and I talk about him in my book a lot. And he's my mentor. And that's Mr. Paul Dipp. Um, He's a uh, very well-known uh, um, entrepreneur here in town. He's a CEO of several different companies. Um, he's, uh, you know, taking his, his, his family business and, and grown it into, you know, uh, an international uh, beast, you know. And I can pick up the phone right now. And he actually drops everything that he's doing because I'm calling, you know, because I would not be calling if I didn't need something. You know, and, and the thing is, and the thing is, and here you go talking about cell phones, I, I, I turned my cell phone off, but I have this emergency setting that if it's my wife or my kids, it still comes through. And uh, so anyway, um, going back to what I was saying, so, so Mr. Dip uh, basically took me under his wing, showed me everything I know about business, everything that I know about being a good husband, a good father. Um, he's basically been like the father I really never had, you know, and all this time, you know, I was looking at certain people. Oh, for mentorship and, and actually what I was, <laughs> I thought these people were my mentors or, or the people I was going to follow. And in reality, they were really, I was actually more along the line being a babysitter to these people, <laughs> you know, um, but Mr. Dip is, uh, he's been tremendous in, in our success and, you know, um, he's one of our major clients as well, but that's not, I mean, uh, the things that he's done for me, my family and, 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 and for me personally as a man, has just, uh, you know, just, just means the world to me. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for recognizing him. That's obviously, I always, I, I like that. I like this question that we talk about in the podcast episodes, because I hear such great stories about people that have really meaningful connections in their life and how they've influenced them for good. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that. 
All right. Our last question. Tell us a little bit about your first job and maybe something that you learned from it. My first job. So my first job was at McDonald's. I think a lot of people's first job was at McDonald's. <laughs> and uh, that was my first job. I started off as a as a as a uh, lobby maintenance cleaning person. And within a week, I was moved to the grill, and I was really excited because I got to, you know, grill hamburgers and stuff. And to me, at that time, it was really exciting. I was like, "Wow, this is so cool! Let's see how this whole process works." Um, one of the things that, that I learned is that you should never judge a book by its cover. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I have a friend that we actually started at McDonald's at the exact same time. I left because this is McDonald's. I don't want McDonald's, and, you know. Well, now he owns. 10 of them make wow. more money than I will ever dream of making. Um, and, you know, he, he, he doesn't have a, a college education, um, but uh, he, he owns all these McDonald's and has made it. So you should never judge a book by its cover. You know, um, that, that's really what I learned. And, and I kind of did it again in my second job because from there I went to Walmart. And, and from Walmart, I went to becoming, you know, I went to work as within the sheriff's office. And that was my career. But I had another friend, same thing, started at Walmart together, picking up shopping carts. And he went on and became a, a, a district uh, district manager for Walmart. And when he retired with all his stock options and everything that Walmart gave him as he moved up through the world, uh, again, he, he got to the multimillionaire mark before I ever can imagine getting there. So never, you never know what those first jobs can do for you if, if you actually just stick it out. You know? That's a great story. And I love what you said at the very end there. You just never know. So it's always keep it. And sometimes you learn the hard way what you don't like and those kinds of things. But certainly to keep the options open is always going to be a smart thing. Well, Eddie, thank you again for taking time to be on the podcast. Um, how can people find you? Yeah, so you can reach out to me at jesuseddicampa.com. Uh, All together, jesuseddicampa.com. Uh, there's a contact there. My phone number's there. Uh, email address is there. You can check us out on all the social media websites. Same thing, jesuseddicampa.com, uh, jesuseddicampaauthor.com, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Uh, TikTok. Uh, TikTok is driving me crazy. <laughs> well, we're, it's, it's good to know that you have a good presence out in the social media universe there. So. Yes, yes, we, we do. All right. Thank you again for being on the show. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. We also encourage you to follow or subscribe to the podcast, either the audio version or on the video version. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great day.